The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. For the next hour, stick around here and uh, get some of your questions answered. John Pincus is doing all the heavy lifting on the show today. Skulls here as well. Employment Law Show is underway. You may have questions about COVID-19. Do I need to get vaccinated? Can they tell me to get vaccinated? Can they demand it? Do I have to ignore them? All these different questions. And maybe just simple workplace questions as well, which we handle uh, three, four times a week here on the show on uh, on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Emails, we'll try to address uh, some of those. As we get through the morning, that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, all designed a couple years ago just for you, free and anonymous pocket employmentlawyer.ca. Of course, you can even go there before you make the phone call to John or his team. And inside the Pocket Employment Lawyer app is the Trustee Severance Pay Calculator. So you want to check that out if you've ever uh, thought that maybe coming down the pike, you might be like, oh, what am I owed properly? Not what they're going to offer me, but what am I actually owed? And that's when you go to Severance Pay Calculator. And find out exactly that. So let's get rolling. Wait, there was, brother. What's uh, what's going on in your end? Definitely some interesting situations to talk about today, John. Uh, but just getting in with the week that was. So the first situation uh, is quite a situation. Uh, this was a, a line worker who had been working for a manufacturing company for 35 years. And she recently been noticing that the company had not been abiding by COVID-19 protocols. No six feet of separation, lots of supervisors walking around without masks, no hand sanitizer, lots of people in the same uh, room, not very well ventilated. And so, of course, naturally, she's concerned. She reported the issue to her supervisor, and her supervisor laughed it off. So she took it to her human resources manager. Now, incredibly, her human resources manager then issued her a letter of warning for insubordination for going above and beyond her supervisor. Uh, so this person, uh, quite bravely, I might add, makes a complaint to the Occupational Health and Safety Division of the Ministry of Labor, makes a health and safety complaint. And the idea is for an inspector to attend the workplace. Well, the company finds out about this, of course, when they're notified by the Ministry of Labor. And what do they do? They immediately fire her for cause. And on her termination letter, the company wrote that she's been fired for, quote, making a deliberately false report to the Ministry of Labor to damage the company. And and this was just stunning to hear. Now, needless to say, this was not cause for dismissal. In fact, she had done absolutely nothing wrong at all. Uh, To not report here, in fact, would have been the wrong thing to do. And as a result, the company's not only going to be liable for significant um, compensation for wrongful dismissal, uh, in this case, about 20 months pay for severance, Uh, the company's also liable under the Occupational Health and Safety Act uh, for reprisal. Uh, So we have become involved, and I fully expect that after our intervention, this person is going to be walking away with some very significant compensation. So to any of anyone who's listening to this, who, who, who might be worried about something at work, if you see something please say something. Uh, Health and safety in the workplace has never been more important. So don't uh, be afraid to speak up. Speak to the, you know, Joint Health and Safety Committee, your your supervisor, your uh, manager, your human resources manager. And if all, and, and if you have one, if all else fails, if nothing else is working, file a workplace health and safety complaint with the Ministry of Labor. That's what it's there for. And um, if you are let go, uh, then you're going to be owed a severance package. 
Yeah, this is one of those times, well, at least in part, not so much for the severance package, but for the other stuff where it is safe to reach out to the Ministry of Labor rather than, uh, you know, go right to you guys right away. But when it comes to severance, don't mess around there. Make sure you give, uh, give John a call. By the way, uh, to reach John and his team any other time, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. What else you got? Uh, what else you got going on, John? So funny enough, on the topic of sort of Ministry of Labor versus full entitlements, right. uh, there's another situation I want to talk about, uh, which is someone who'd been working as a manager earning about $90,000 a year working for a small company. Uh, so uh, he's working for this company for about seven years when they let him go. And this happened last May, right in the height of the pandemic. And at the time they let him go, they said to him, well, we're a small company of less than $2.5 million. So pursuant to your contract, all we owe you is seven weeks pay. Now this was someone who's actually a listener of the show. So he said to them, well, wait a minute. No, 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 the severance pay calculator says I get much more than this. And the company's response was, no, you don't get your full severance because you signed this contract and that has a termination provision. And sure enough, he did. So he said, oh, okay, well, I guess I guess that's, that's that. Well, a year went by and at that time he said, you know what, I'm gonna give the folks at ST Law a call and see what they think. Uh, so he comes to me, he says, John, here's my contract, here's what they're saying, what do you think? And of course, unsurprisingly, completely illegal, unenforceable termination language. And, and in fact, that is the case with most termination language that uh, employers have uh, people sign. Uh, I'd say maybe 80 to 90% of those clauses that I see are just completely unenforceable. So this person had been out of work for almost a year now and had very significant entitlements, as much as nine months or even 10 months pay. And so we've become involved and we're going to be helping him to negotiate his severance packages. So to our listeners, you know, if you're being offered a severance package, you know, regardless of whether they're saying it's employment standards or it's more generous than employment standards, or if they're talking about this employment contract that you may or may not have signed, please just speak to an employment lawyer. You know, for this person who was let go, had he walked away and had he waited for more than two years, he would have been throwing away as much as $63,000. And once those two years are up, that's it. Now remember, this is not a situation where you can rely on the Ministry of Labor. The Ministry of Labor cannot review severance packages. The Ministry of Labor cannot tell you what your full entitlements are under the common law. For that, you need to speak with an employment lawyer. So obviously that this year had gone by, he hadn't signed off on anything? He had not. He had not because all they had offered him uh, was his minimum amount under the Employment Standards Act. So fortunately, um, he did not have the temptation to, to sign a release. But that's a very good point, John, because uh, if you sign a release before you speak with an employment lawyer, it's like waiting the two years. Like, that's it. You're done. Right. So you, you can't do that. You have to speak to someone before you make your decision. Yeah, and to, uh, to, I mean, two employers, I mean, I'm sure you deal with this as well. It's, you know, you said right away you probably took one quick look at that uh, that employment contract and said, yeah, this is completely illegal, unenforceable. I mean, you know, you, you got to think that some smaller employers that don't have sophisticated HR are just kind of Googling, you know, employment contract online. Okay, that one looks good. Just put my name there and we'll print that off. Not the way to do it. Not the way to do it, right? No, no. If you're an, if you are a, an employer, you need an employment lawyer 
right. to draft your employment contract. And in fact, if you have had an employment lawyer draft your employment contract in the past and you think, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Well, not so fast because if that employment lawyer drafted that contract for you, uh, let's say uh, more than a year ago, that employment contract is probably not up to date. So not only wow. do you have to prepare an employment contract, but you have to be constantly updating it to make sure it's keeping up with changes in the law. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And if you shrink that down to just employmentlawyer.ca, that will take you to the firm website. And whilst there, you will find links to our long-running TV show as well, of course, called The Employment Law Show. You'll get that for 30 minutes. And uh, you can watch those at your leisure. But want to get into this, among other topics, and maybe some emails later on. That would be the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. I love this topic because this is stuff people need to know. These are broad strokes, but they're big ones. So I want to get started uh, Get started on this. The, uh, the first one is, uh, John, thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. Not at the end, when you're accepting a new job. Yes, exactly, at the very beginning. So, you know, if we think about the scenario that we just talked about, this was someone who had signed an, a termination clause, which fortunately, like most termination clauses that I see, uh, are not enforceable. But you can't assume that. You can't assume, well, you know, the, the SD, you know, I was listening to the uh, Employment Law Hour and, uh, you know, I, uh, I heard John talk about it and, um, you know, the, uh, you know, I guess the, the consensus is that these clauses are generally unenforceable, so I don't have to worry about it. No, 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 no. You have to worry about it. If you see a termination clause, you have to assume that that is all you're going to get if you are let go. And that is probably going to be much, much less than your full entitlements. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's one of those termination clauses where your employer is actually offering you something fair, something that's maybe less than your full entitlements, but greater than the minimum amount. But you've got to talk about it. You've got to know. You've got to understand what it is you're signing. Because if you sign off on it, you may be one of those people. And every so often, I get one of these people. It's rare, but it happens, where they have signed off on an, on an enforceable termination clause that limits them to the bare minimum, and there's nothing more that I can do for them. And often, those people had absolutely no idea what they were signing off on. They had no idea. So don't be shy about bringing it up with your employer if you're able to do so. And I mean, there's other language in those contracts off the hop that can limit them. They may, uh, you know, you sign that, it may allow them to, to move you around different jobs, alter your pay, switch your hours, take away benefits. It could, it could be a, just a big bowl of wrong if you don't get it uh, looked at properly, right? Yeah, and, and just imagine a scenario, you know, if we take that to the extreme. So an employer could put together a contract that says, we have uh, the right to move you at any time without your consent. Uh, we have uh, the right to terminate your employment by giving you the minimum amount. And you have an obligation not to work for our competitors uh, for uh, the next uh, 12 months if your employment ends for any reason. So that means they could say, okay, we're going to move to Calgary, from Toronto to Calgary uh, next week. And, oh, you don't like it? Okay, well, your employment is terminated, uh, but we don't owe you anything because we had the right to do this. And if we do owe you something, all we're going to owe you is the minimum amount. Oh, and by the way, you can't work for any of our competitors for the next 12 months. I mean, that's just a nightmare. It's just a complete nightmare uh, for the employee. And as unfair as that is, if you've signed a contract, uh, that you're going to have that problem. So you have to think about it at the beginning. Mark, I see you there on the line. Stand by, my friend, for a minute or two. We're going to take a short break and get right to your phone call after we come back. Top priority, of course, my brother. So uh, so stand by, Mark. Employment Law Show right here, Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Back at it. Welcome and thank you for sticking around. If you joined us at the top of the hour, Employment Law Show, John Pincus is your guy today from ST Lawyers. Of course, you want to reach out to employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take you to the firm website. And Mark, as promised, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on, man. You're a man. How are you? What's uh, what's on your mind this morning? Well, thanks. Um, my question is about uh, what I what I call catch-all clauses in employment contracts, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm running across and hearing of these more often. Ones that basically say that the employer, at its sole discretion, can uh, change the working hours, your remuneration, job location, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and, and can basically just, for all intents and purposes, change the do- job at will. Um, so my question is, how does that impact um, things like constructive dismissal, which I've, I've heard you guys talk about on the show? That's a great question. Um, so those kinds of clauses we, we do see often, and in many cases they can uh, prevent an employee from being able to uh, to take the position of constructive dismissal. Certainly changes if they're, um, if they're minor, if they're relatively incremental, would be uh, definitely... Um, authorized under that clause and arguably more major changes. Now, if it, if it is a really significant change, so for instance, all of a sudden uh, you're going from being a manager uh, who's working in an office to a non-manager who's you know working in a in a closet <laughs> or something extreme, um, then I, at that point I would I would say that engages what we call the duty to to uh, to contract in good faith. Um, and so I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a carte blanche for an employer to do whatever they want, but it certainly is going to curtail the employee's rights and it's going to be an obstacle to any case for constructive dismissal. Um, so if you've already signed off on one of those clauses and you're, you, know, you have an employer who is um, taking relatively incremental steps, then I, I think it's probably a fair assumption they're allowed to do that. But if they're, t- if they're doing something that's more extreme, uh, that's really, really changing your job in a fundamental way that is outside of what could have possibly been contemplated when you sign that agreement, I'd say you, you still may have a, a cause for action there. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. If you want to reach out any further with uh, some more questions, you can do that uh, when we're not on air. one 821 Warren, thank you for taking some time. Hey, how are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Good, sir. What's on your mind? Um, so I'm calling regards to my wife's employment. She works for one of the major banks. Obviously not going to mention it. Um, mm-hmm. She's been there for about six years. Now, due to COVID, um, I'm not classified as an essential worker, and neither is she, apparently, so we don't apply for that child care. So we've, she's had to take some time off work. I think she's about two months off right now, but it's been kind of sporadic. Um, she's told, we found child care for her one son, and she's going back to work. She's told her employer that the specific date she's coming back because we've got child care, but she just got her schedule for the month of July, and she doesn't have a single day working. Now, she has told her uh, branch manager that she is coming back this date and they still haven't scheduled her. Does she reach out again or is that classified as her being like um, dismissed, like fired or dismissed or laid off or? Right. Well, you definitely don't want to uh, jump the gun here. So I think that 
uh, it is a safe I mean it's always safe to follow up right and always to do so in writing uh, you may want to leave a voicemail and then refer to that voicemail in the email um, I would not, particularly without the uh, assistance of an employment lawyer, I wouldn't simply write to the to the bank and say, um, "Okay, my employment is terminated." Um, I think that's the point where you want to get uh, a lawyer involved so that you can reach out to them the right way and take the position if if uh, uh, if you need to that it's terminated. And that would also actually be a reprisal under the Employment Standards Act because uh, your wife had the uh, protection, or oh, sorry, under the Canada Labor Code uh, because the bank uh, because your wife was um, uh, under a, uh, a leave of absence. So um, I, I think that in the circumstances. Uh, for now, I would continue to follow up. If it's been like another week, maybe two weeks, and and you still haven't heard back, uh, then the next thing I would do, uh, assuming that your she's wife still wants to go, sorry, she's been she's been trying to like she's been telling them that she's coming back for months, and she's already noticed her position. Like so, the the bank has already sent out um, for her branch um, someone in her position. There are low full-time and a three-month contract in her position even though she said she's coming back and that's been about a month she's been letting them know she's coming back and still hasn't heard back or had any reliable response from them okay well assuming that your wife still wants to go wants to go back am, am i am i writing that assumption that if they brought her back next week she would still go back ah. or is she dead well, she's, it's, this whole process has really soured a lot of it. But, yeah, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. she wants to keep working. But if it's, you know, with them treating it like this, it's kind of like you don't want to go back to that situation. But, yeah, she wants a job and she wants to go back to work if she can. Right, right. Well, cause, because what I would do at this point, given that it's been so long, she's tried so many times, is they give us a call. We'll write them a letter, basically, um, and... Uh, Whatever bank it is, we've probably dealt with them before, so we can uh, probably know their internal legal counsel and basically write to them, copy their human uh, resources and say, this is what's happened. Here's our position. If you don't get back to us, we're going to take the position her employment is terminated. If they don't respond to that letter, then I think she's going to have a very solid case to say that basically her employment's been uh, it effectively terminated. Uh, and at that point, there's really going to be nothing for the, for the bank to say, uh, and they're certainly going to have egg on their face uh, when it comes for legal proceedings. So you don't want to jump the gun. You know that you never know. Uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised how many times. Well, uh, we didn't get the email or it didn't come through or something like that. So you just want to make sure that you get legal counsel involved. You write to all the interested parties who could possibly be able to intervene here, and if they still don't act on it, uh, and we have to. Um, claim for her her severance at that point will be in a very very strong position so i agree you know what it's it's been long enough it's time to escalate matters it's time to to get legal counsel involved so please give us a call off air and uh happy to talk about this uh, situation with you and, and and walk you through it all right i really appreciate that and i'm a long time listener listener really enjoyed the show thank you thanks so much Thanks, Warren. Appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for, for calling through. You're helping everybody when you ask those questions. Hey, Don, you're up next. How are you today? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I was a government employee for 22 years uh, with the Correctional Service of Canada, and I uh, was stabbed in 2015, and then I was off on WSIB until almost now. So my employer terminated my employment February 9th under just normal retirement circumstances. 
And what has happened, uh, my pension department called me back yesterday afternoon, and they actually indicated that the cause of my termination was misconduct. And uh, they were, they didn't want to proceed with my, my pension payout. And I'm just curious if I have some type of legal background to fall back on. Don, just so, just so I'm clear, um, they're saying that it's caught. You haven't been there since 2015. Is that right? That that is correct. And they're saying that your employment is being terminated for cause now because of something that happened six years ago. Yes, sir. Okay, well, there's something very, very fishy going on there. Uh, so this does sound like a situation uh, where um, you, where severance certainly could apply. I mean, one of the questions that's going to be asked is, you know, whether it would have been possible for you to go back to work. But um, given that they've taken the position of cause, which is a, sounds like a, a very silly position to take in the circumstances, uh, they're going to owe you severance. Um, so I... Now, as far as your, um, you know, if you have concerns about your pension, that's a separate issue, and we can we can talk about that separately. But uh, from a uh, from a from a severance perspective, um, if they've taken the position, they have cause for dismissal for something they've been sitting on for six years. I, I just don't buy that. I don't see it. So um, I would recommend that you give us a call right away, uh, and um, if you can have them commit something in writing, uh, because I think it particularly because it's so bizarre, uh, the position they're taking, I think it's really important for you to get it in writing. So I would contact uh, the pension department or um, whatever department is hand handles hiring and terminations and say, can you can you put the termination of my employment in writing um, if they haven't already? I know you, you've got, you did you get something on February the 9th when you were initially told or was that also just verbal? Well, I, ha I was given a, I was used, they used a process server to serve my termination documents. And wow, okay. They, they would dress up these guys in tactical police gear and then come pound on your door at 10 o'clock at night and scare the heck out of everybody and then throw a letter in your face. My goodness. Was, okay, wow. Uh, There's so many, and, and nobody would speak to me because at, uh, prior to February 9th, I had union representation. Right. right. Well, and well, the there you have it. <laughs> yeah, and the government of Canada took our severances away, but in 2014, I believe they paid everybody out for it. Right. Well, well, certainly just goes to show that no employer is above reproach, in, in, including uh, the government. So, Don, uh, please give us a call. We, we, we've got to talk about this because, based on what you've described, I mean, we'll, we'll go through it and we'll see if there's you know something else missing here. But based on what we're, we're talking about right now, uh, it definitely sounds like you're going to have an entitlement here, and I'm, I'm happy to help. Oh, th this is great. I really appreciate. And this is the first time anybody's been able to help me in 22 years because of that wow. union contract. So I will look forward to contacting you. Okay, thanks, Don. Awesome, Don. Appreciate that. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Hey, Jack. Thanks for standing by. Go ahead. What's up? I'm just curious to see how it's working. Never heard something like that. I got the letter from the company where I work, and they said I have one year. To work with them, and after that, my job is gone. Am okay. I? How is that working? Okay. Uh, how long have you been employed for this company? 
13 years? Yes. Okay. And, and what job do you have? What's the nature of your job? Uh, su superintendent in the building. Okay. And about how old are you? Uh, 69. Okay. Well, what you've been given, it sounds like you've been given working notice of termination. Uh, so an employer has an option uh, to pay most or in some cases all of your severance by way of working notice instead of um, uh, paying it out as a lump sum. So the question then becomes if that working notice is adequate. Uh, and based on what you've told me, I'd say your entitlements are probably to t somewhere between 12 or 15 months of your pay. So what you should do now is use the next, you know that you've got a year to, f to find a new job. If you're able to find a new job, great. If you're not, at the end of those 12 months, give us a call and we can try and negotiate a little bit more for you. Now, you're not going to be entitled to a lot more, but potentially you'll be entitled to a, a few more months pay even after that working notice is over. Um, so you just kind of have to see how things go uh, over the next year um, and then um, and then you can possibly get us involved. Now the other thing that you may want to do if you don't want to work for the next year and you want to try and negotiate a lump sum we can try and do that on your behalf. That's a little trickier but we can do that. Um, so if you if you want to look into that now you can give us a call otherwise the end once that working notice is complete uh, you can give us a call and we can also try and negotiate a little bit more for you at that time. Thank you. You're Thanks, welcome. Jack. Appreciate the call, and here's how you reach out. Uh, keep giving it out all morning long, of course, one 821 5900 That seems like a long working notice, no? A year? To have someone languish in the workplace knowing that it's coming to an end? Yeah, it, it always surprises me, um, yeah. you know, uh, when employers do it. But, you know, from sometimes it makes sense, right? If you have someone who's been with you for a really long time and you really have uh, a, rela a, a, a close relationship with them and you trust them that they're going to do the job, uh, then, it, then it can be done in certain circumstances. I usually see it in really, really small employers, really close-knit environments. Um, but uh, in, in other situations, if you don't know the person as well or if it's a larger company, you, you are taking a bit of a risk because you're counting on that person to be able to do the same job they always did even though they know they've got one foot out of the door so that's why it's a little bit um, uh, more uncommon particularly for larger employers let's take a, a short pause get the employment law show and this is global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And in between the calls, getting back to our Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. But you wanted to mention a little something uh, kind of in relation to a previous call we had, uh, John. What was it? Yeah, I wanted to uh, to just revisit. Um, you know, we had Don calling in earlier with with just a really bizarre and un an unfortunate situation. But the one thing that uh, uh, you know I wanted to to mention, we we kind of ran out of time with Don, is that of course we always have to look at whether someone is unionized. And typically, you know, um, if Don, for instance, if he's in a, uh, if you're still listening, Don, if you're in a supervisory position, you're probably not covered by the union. In which case, we can help. But if you are covered by a union, then it is actually the union that you have to go to and the union is the one that has to go to bat for you because the union uh, has a contractual right under the collective bargaining agreement to be the exclusive bargaining agent which means in, in, in plain terms that they're the only ones who are allowed to um, to advocate for you 
So um, <clears throat> if you are unionized, you you should know that that is that is the trade-off. You know, if you're not sure, then give us a call, and we can certainly help uh, help you determine whether you're someone who's covered by a union or not. So if you're if you're not sure, definitely don't assume that you are. Um, but um, if if you are in a union, it is the union you have to go to, and uh, unfortunately, in those situations, um, uh, a lawyer can help. So in Don's case, hopefully, Don, if you're still listening, hopefully you're not in in uh, in a union. Uh, but if you are, those are actually the first people you should be going to here. Getting through our ten commandments of termination of employment. Not sure if we'll get through all ten, but uh, we'll whittle away on the list. The next one is this: Thou shall give up. Uh, pardon me. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm right. Thou shall give up your future termination rights after. You start working. Thou shall not give up your future termination rights after you start working. Details on that, pal. Right. So if you are being given a contract to sign and you've already started working and you're being offered, you know, let's say, uh, you know, a $500 payment, a $250 payment, you know, ask yourself, why is my employer giving this to me? Right. Am I getting a promotion uh, or am I or, or, or is there really no reason for this? And if there's no reason for it, uh, then you really do have to ask yourself, um, what what's the benefit to me? Um, and what it might be is your employer is simply trying to curtail your rights or uh, fix a illegal termination provision and, and uh, replace it with a legal termination provision. So that's the time that you really do need to speak with an employment lawyer and make sure you understand what you're giving up because it, it could be quite a bit of money. And you could also be signing off on things like non-compete clauses, non-solicitation clauses. We talked earlier today, uh, someone called in about catch-all uh, clauses in terms of an employer's right to move uh, or change your duties. So you got to watch out for these things. Jason, hi there. How are you? Hi, I just had a question about uh, constructive dismissal. Okay. So I was working at a place before where I was hired on as a warehouse associate. And um, the uh, my, my boss's supervisor told me that they're going to transfer me to uh, another department, uh, a department which I wasn't uh, hired on to, to work in. And I said, no, I wasn't interested in changing my job position. And um, they said, well, you know, we, we don't need you then. And uh, if you don't want to take that uh, alternate position, I said, okay, well, give me a, a, a written notice that you're changing my job function within the company. So they did that. And at that point, I wasn't interested in taking the new position. So I just left the company. But when I was originally hired on my contract, it said that I was I was hired to work in the warehouse and not in the production area. So I didn't know whether I had a case there uh, to bring against the company or not. Mm -hmm. Well, Jason, the question here is going to be, um, first of all, whether it could be said to be contemplated that you could work in both the warehouse um, or the production department and part and parcel of that and, and another probably more important question here is have they objectively and substantially changed the conditions of your employment for the worse so is working in the production department uh, is it based on a skill that you're not trained to do and they're not offering training is it a lesser job is it for a lesser pay um, is it a more difficult job does it uh, conflict with any medical conditions but you know Aside from that, if it's simply uh, a lateral move to um, 
to a position of the same level but just doing different duties, um, then it may not actually amount to constructive dismissal. So uh, we'd really have to walk this through in a little bit more detail, but um, I, I can tell you generally speaking, and you know, the caveat here is, uh, you know, my opinion certainly could change if based on uh, more details, if I know, you know more details about why you rejected this change, but if it really just was uh, you didn't want to work in another department because you weren't interested in working in another department, it's probably not going to be a constructive dismissal. It's probably not going to be enough there to say that there was what we call a fundamental change uh, in your employment. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much for the information. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. And we'll take, uh, you know, slide in one more call before we take a quick break. And that would be you, Chris. Thanks for hanging on. Just want to say love the show. Thank you. It has helped, helped me in the past for sure. I also work for a major bank. Um, and I was sad to hear the gentleman's story earlier about his wife because my bank has been absolutely incredible through all of this. Um, mm-hmm. They're not all created equal, that's for sure. Uh, but banks are essential. They are not allowed to close, so I'm not quite sure why they couldn't have gotten the caregiver's benefit because we are absolutely essential and not allowed to close during COVID. Um, so I just thought maybe that could help with your caller. It's probably his branch manager or her branch manager that's certain mm. and not the bank necessarily as a whole. Well, 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 thanks, and, and hopefully the other caller is, is still listening. That's certainly something that uh, sort of falls out of my wheelhouse, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but you're, you're in the industry and certainly have experienced that, and so I'm sure if uh, our, our other caller is still listening, I'm, I'm sure he's, uh, he and his wife very much appreciate that. So, so thank you for that. Yeah, Chris, appreciate you taking the time just to make that comment. It's uh, very good. We'll take a, a short break. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for hanging with us this hour. John Pickett's available anytime the show's not on as well, as you know. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Ten commandments of termination of employment. Moving on to uh, number three, that is thou shall respond to any negative reviews or discipline. Don't let that sucker just linger. That's absolutely right. Uh, if you are receiving a performance improvement plan, uh, remember that is because the company is preparing to fire you for cause. Uh, and performance, uh, it is an extremely hard uh, for an employer to base uh, a termination for cause on performance. But if they have performance improvement plans and there's been no answer to those performance improvement plans, uh, maybe you have a medical issue, maybe the uh, criticisms are unfair. But uh, you know, if you don't speak up about these and 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 write those in to the performance improvement plan before you sign them, the employer is going to say, well, you were you were agreeing that your performance was subpar, and you don't want to be in that position. Um, if that's the case. So talk about the things you've improved, talk about obstacles in your way, talk about accommodation issues, human rights issues. Um, that's the time that you have to do it. You can't be shy because remember, they're already planning, uh, they're contemplating letting you go. So you have to, uh, you know, you have to plan for the future when that happens. Another command is, uh, is thou shalt, well, this one's gone kind of obvious, but thou shalt not commit serious workplace misconduct. 
Right. I mean, this this is the this is maybe one of the most important things uh, that that we, that we can talk about on this show because despite everything that we have said, whether it's about severance termina- uh, termination clauses um, or uh, you know the difficulty of terminating an employee for cause, if you have done something serious uh, that is fundamentally incompatible with your job, then we can't help you. You know, if you have stolen from your employer, if you have committed benefits fraud, if you have uh, been uh, dishonest to your employer about something very, very serious, um, and, um, uh, and, and, and you have basically broken the trust in the employer relationship, then we can't help you. Now, still give us a call. You know, we might as well look into it because maybe if you made a one-time mistake, even if you said something to your employer that, that, that wasn't true, uh, but you regret it and you've got a, you know, a long history with them, then we may still be able to help you there. But if you've done something really bad, then, then we can't, uh, we, we, or the answer may be that we can't. So, uh, do your best to do your best for your employer. The next one is this and kind of relates to, uh, you know, workplace performance and all that stuff being put on a performance improvement plan and responding to any of those that come down the uh, come down the river. And that is you shall always thou shall always keep copies of all relevant documents. If it isn't written down, it didn't happen. Right. And this is the one that I I find clients uh, of ours always have the toughest time with. This is this is maybe the biggest obstacle that we face uh, is that people are missing emails. People are missing, uh, you know, uh, work schedules. Uh, bonus records, um, overtime records, um, or you know something happened and it was just never put into writing. You just never put it into an email. You never put it into a note. And if you haven't done that, it's going to be really difficult to prove um, the things that you've experienced at work. So please do keep meticulous records of what's happened. Uh, you will thank yourself later. And that same goes, keep records for uh, important events. That is the next uh, commandment of, uh, of employment, right, for sure. Right, exactly. So that that kind of ties into this. So if you're being harassed, uh, then complain uh, by email. Don't worry about you know your employer saying, well, you know uh, you have to make a formal complaint. If you make a, a complaint by email, that is a formal complaint. If you're if you're telling your manager or your human resources manager, if you've been blamed for something that you didn't do, you know, going back to the, sort of the topic of performance improvement plans, put it to your superior in an email. Be respectful, uh, but when your job is on the line, expect that you know one day uh, a judge may be reading your emails, and so you want to be assertive, but you also want to be respectful and just set the record straight. And you know if you've disclosed to your boss that you're pregnant, uh, do it by email because you have uh, you'd be surprised how many times I have a client who's been terminated right after they became pregnant, uh, or a few months after they've been been pregnant, even if they're showing, uh, and the employer comes back and simply says, "Oh, we had no idea," and of course they knew. So put it in writing. This final one kind of speaks to why we've been doing the show across the country on TV and radio for uh, almost nine years, and that is, "Thou shall not get advice from your neighbor Steve over the fence." Right. We all have friends uh, who like to say that they are our lawyers, our doctors, um, our engineers, our architects, um, our biologists. You know, we, we all know those people who are sort of jack of all trades, but, you know, you have to go to the professionals, right? If you have a health problem, you go to the doctor. If you have a workplace problem, go to a lawyer, and not just a lawyer, but an employment lawyer. Uh, so please, please, please don't Google your advice. Don't get your advice from your neighbor go to a professional who has expertise in these issues. 
And again, to reach out now that we're done for the day. By the way, appreciate all your phone calls and taking the time on what could be an amazing Saturday morning just to ignore the phone and get out there. Go and do that now. And uh, as we get out of here, I'll give you the contact information one more time to reach John and his team or Lior, anybody at the firm. Uh, 1-855-821-5900 is that toll-free number. The email address we use every show, help at employmentlawyer.ca, just employmentlawyer.ca, the firm website. And as I mentioned earlier, that has a drop-down menu across the top. You can catch our TV show as well, 30 minutes long to watch that at your uh, at your at your leisure and finally pocketemploymentlawyer.ca the free and anonymous website full of employment law information you can read there spend some time it is anonymous but there is a contact at the top right and of course the severance pay calculator is there as well we'll catch you next time employment law show on global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.